our next episode of One Cardinal, One Cub, and One Beer. Want to remind you to like us on Facebook, follow us on X. Um, yes, we are on an X-rated site now. I don't know why I call Twitter X. I don't know. Twitter seems to be falling apart. I don't use it much, uh, but man, I, I don't know. Um, anyway, you can contact us through one card, one cup, one beer at gmail.com. Uh, you can subscribe to our page by clicking on the icon at the bottom right of the page or at the end of the video. Just even if you're watching on TV, that's what's cool. You can just take your remote, click up to the little circle, hit the button, you're subscribed to us. Uh, and that's that's a really good thing because once you subscribe to us, you're in the cult. Um, you can support <laughs> us through Patreon. Uh, go to patreon.com, search one cardinal, one cup, and one beer uh, in the search bar at Patreon, and you can support our efforts uh, starting at just $3 a month. And who can't afford $3 a month? That's not rhetorical. I want some answers. Who can't afford that? <laughs> so, I know you're out there. Uh, JJ, how are you doing? Hey, doing good, Vince. It's great, man. Here we are. It's already in the middle of August. We got about a month and a half in this pennant race that the Cardinals aren't in, but the Mets aren't in it. The Padres aren't in it. The White Sox aren't in it. They were all supposed to be super big this year. And uh, so, a lot of disappointment around the league, but there's a lot of excitement too. Your cubbies, Vince. Your cubbies. Yeah. Hey, oh, I love that hat. My, oh, I yeah. have wanted this hat for a long time, and I don't think I've ever told anybody. Yeah, I like that old retro cub hat. I love so uh, my daughter Tabitha, my oldest, for my birthday, uh, she she said, "Here's your birthday present." I was like, "Oh my gosh!" There's the hat that I have wanted for a long time. <laughs> And uh, I did have someone ask me uh, um, a few months ago, um, you seem to have a lot of kids. So I will tell you, I have five kids. Tabitha's the oldest, then Rebecca. Uh, Tabitha is in her early 30s. Rebecca is, will be 24 in November. Uh, Evelyn's getting ready to turn 23. Uh, Max, who has been on here many times, uh, he is 21 and Violet is 19. So uh, because you seem to have mentioned a lot of kids on here. So I, I do have five. And the reason I have five kids is because I am so dang sexy. He's a very virile man. That's right. Hey, all right, Vince. Woo. Well, uh, man, and are they all Cub fans? It I Rebecca certainly isn't. She's a Cardinal fan. But oh. besides Max, the rest aren't like hardcore baseball fans. Um, but you know, uh, Redek, Redeka, Rebecca is technically my stepdaughter uh, uh, from Kathy's first marriage. Kathy's a Cardinal fan, so she poisoned Rebecca. But I, I do have to say, <laughs> in 2016, uh, Rebecca was even pulling for the Cubs. I was very, very oh, happy that she man. did that. That's so, nice. Also, I do time. want to bring to your attention that um, I'm going full Italian. Uh, grandfather was just wearing a white t-shirt. You know, <laughs> like I just got home from from my, a hard day's work and I just take off my shirt and I just sit around in my t-shirt. Hey, you know, that's what right. this is about. Getting relaxed, talking baseball, sitting in here with your, your shoes off and kicking your feet up. And We're gonna get, talk some baseball here. Yeah, if I'm gonna talk baseball. I'm gonna dress for baseball. It's in a t-shirt. It's in a hat. What are you gonna do? 
I can't do Italian. I'm a too much of a hillbilly out down here in the sticks. But cardinal <laughs> news, uh, my but I love Ted Simmons. And a little shout out to uh, Janet Dagonia, uh, who I went to school with. Big Ted Simmons fan. Anytime she would be at a signing, she would send something on Facebook to me. And uh, loves Ted Simmons. I got all my Ted Simmons bobbleheads here. Some from the Grizzly games. Some from his Hall of Fame induction. And uh, my favorite baseball cards. And this 1975 uh, Simmons is my absolute favorite right there where he's got the long hair right there. So that's my favorite. But those are my favorite Ted Simmons cards. And Ted, this week, turned 74. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, 285 batting average. Eight-time All-Star. Um, played 68 to nine from 1968 to 1980 with the Cardinals and, uh, just loved Ted Simmons as a kid. That was my guy. I was a catcher and Ted Simmons was our catcher. And probably at that time period known as the second best catcher in baseball at that time to with Johnny bench, which, you know, he's all time right there. Johnny bench. Do you remember when Simmons was, uh, pinch hitting for the Braves at the end of his career? I don't remember that. Uh, he he was playing for the Braves, uh, mostly as a pinch hitter. And Dale Murphy had a a uh, consecutive game streak going. And I mean, it wasn't like 2000. It wasn't even approaching Billy Williams' National League record, but it was it was quite substantial. I think it was like seven eight hundred games. And he he was mired in a bad slump. And uh, Ted Simmons. Uh, sat down with him and explained to him your your uh, rest, uh, your your mental health, your physical health is more important to this team than this streak. So don't feel ashamed about taking a day off. And Dale Murphy, who had a strong Mormon faith and a strong Mormon work ethic, he uh, he he felt like to take a day off was was not something he should do unless he was injured. And he wasn't injured. And Simmons sent him down and convinced him to take a day off here and there for the good of the team, for the good of your career. And uh, I thought that was a tremendous, tremendous sign of Ted Simmons' leadership to to sit down with a younger ball player and say, "Don't feel bad for doing this." You know, it's a good thing that Ted Simmons was not Cal Ripken's <laughs> teammate. He may have said, "Ah, take a day off," you know, yeah. but. Anyway, uh, that, that's one, one thing that stood out to me at the uh, end of his career that, did, that I thought was just so cool. You know, at the Hall of Fame inductions are when a player, like with the Cardinals, the Red Jacket Club, and they talk about all the players that kind of, you know, helped uh, helped them when they were younger or took them under their wing or taught them how to be a big leaguer. I love those stories because some of them are names that are, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. They're not the the superstar player. Sometimes it was a veteran or a, a, just a friend or a high school uh, baseball coach, or maybe even a teacher or an uncle. And they mentioned these people. And I absolutely love that because, you know, uh, just in life, so many people have helped us get to where we're at now. And if you're smart enough to listen to the good advice, it, it makes it a, a better world for you. So um, man, I love that story. That was great, Vince. I didn't know that. I remember him being a part of the Braves, but I didn't know that particular story. But I love it that players want to play every day. And I think that's one reason the Atlanta Braves have done so good. They've got four players that play practically every day. And, you know, as a kid, I only got to go to one game a year. And when I went, I wanted to see Ted Simmons and Lou Brock, you know. 
And you never knew they might get a day off, but both of those played quite a bit. But, you know, I, I really like I the superstars. You, you want to go see that superstar go to the, you know, uh, Cub game because we might see Bellinger play the alien himself. <laughs> I'm sorry, Vince. I was calling Bellinger an alien because he's having such a good year this year. But Vince will get on that here in a minute. The Cardinals this week, um, we went four and two. Hey, a winning week. What is going on? We played the uh, Tampa Bay uh, Devil Rays and beat them two out of three. And they're a team that's fighting for the playoff lives. So that was good to see. Uh, we Boy, split... the Rays with uh, Wander Franco's I issues. I, 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 you can't help but pull for the Rays. Um, but man, I'm thinking, I hope this doesn't sink this tremendous season they're having uh, because this is one of those things that can really devastate a team um, to have these kind of, and if you want to know the accusations, look it up. I'm not going to right. go and into you know, it. You, you, uh, that guy was going to be the leader of your team. I know the Mariners have uh, Rodriguez that they went ahead and made him uh, give him a big contract. He's going to be there pretty much his career. And uh, man, you, these young guys, um, I don't know. There's a lot of temptations out there. I don't know what's going on. I, I hope it's all false and uh, he's a great player and uh, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Look it up. Uh, the Cardinals though, since the all-star break have been 15 and 14. So we're playing better, even though we made these trades with guys that were established on our team. And I'll go over some of their stats here in a little bit. And most of them are doing pretty good on these better teams that they've joined. Uh, but 15 and 14, I'll take that. And, um, uh, we Steven Matz came back to the rotation, pitched seven games, won three of them, and was looking like a million bucks. I think he even won four of them. And Matz uh, got hurt, and he's on the I uh, was the DL, the IR now, and uh, he might be out the rest of the year. They're not gonna. There's no reason for him to rush back. Yeah. So anyway, I get healthy. We'll see you next year. And if this is any sign of next year, I'm excited about him being on our pitching staff. But some of the hot Cardinals, um, I have uh, just this week, uh, our bullpen has been in disarray. Helsley's hurt. We traded Hicks. Uh, Gallegos is up and down. And JoJo Romero has been a, a oh, it's so nice to have him in the bullpen. I remember we got him last year, and he pitched for a little while. He spent some time in the minors. I don't know what they did, but uh, – he kind of looks like Steve, Steve, remember Steve Klein, where he comes, the balls come from way out. Kleiner. Yeah, that, he was always a mess, had dirt in his hat. Jack Buck used to say, uh, if you touched his hat, you could get hepatitis. That's how dirty that hat was. Uh, but Jojo Romero has uh, just been fantastic and just shut down for us. And uh, that's been good to see because, you know, you play eight innings. You're right there on the this. I've learned this this year. Vince used to the Cardinals were ahead after seven innings. I'd go, all right, we got a win. Da, 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 da. This year, uh, not, not until that final out do I count on anything because we've lost so many in the last a bat or the last play of the game. Uh, Tommy Edmonds, since he's now the full time shortstop, well, since the young is gone and that uh, Mason Wynn is nursing an injury, uh, he hasn't come up yet. But this week he went 22 at bats and nine hits. And uh, five walk. He's in 409 this past seven games and looked great. He's been stealing bases. He had a two home run game. That's fantastic. So, Tommy Edmond, I'm a big fan of his anyway. I'm glad to see him doing good. Uh, Wilson Contreras, 
And I've got my Contreras jersey back here, my Cardinal jersey with the Contreras on the back, showing my support. Uh, man, he's been hitting the daylights out of the ball and I think playing a better catcher. And it seems like him and the pitchers are jiving. And uh, I like his aggressiveness behind the plate, throwing the throwing, uh, trying to catch that guy, taking a big lead off first. Um, he, anyway, he's hitting the daylights out of the ball too, hitting 425 this week. Of course, he doesn't get as many at bats as some of the other guys because usually catchers have a day or two where they're not playing, but he had 16 at bats and seven hits. And finally, the guy who I think is the captain of our team this year. Last year it was Goldie. This year it's Nolan Arenado. And um, he's hitting a 284. He's had this week he hit 26 at bats and eight hits and three RBIs. He's got 24 home runs on the year and 82 RBIs. And uh, he's uh, he's just been fantastic. And um, anything else I need to say on, on him? I, I got something I'm going to show you later about Arenado. But the players we traded, I've kind of looked at what they've done since they've been gone. And Flaherty is one and one uh, over there with Baltimore. 11 innings pitched and four earned runs, four walks, 16 Ks. And uh, he's pitched against Toronto and Atlanta. So uh, he's doing great. His two starts, very good. Jordan Montgomery is one and one with 12 innings pitched. Four earned runs, two walks, and 11 strikeouts. And he's pitched against Marlins and the Oakland A's. Jordan Hicks, uh, this week, he's 0-1, but he's pitched 5.2 innings and has uh, three saves. Uh, actually had one bad outing, but he's been other than that, he's been pretty good. And they Paul did pretty good this week. Oh, did, did y'all? Maybe that was the bad yeah. outing. Maybe that yeah. was the bad one. Uh, I think he lost the game to Toronto, too. He, he blew the save. Uh, and, and again, they're not, to me, they'll always be part of the Cardinal family and I wish them nothing but the best. I'm not getting any kind of satisfaction of them not doing well. Uh, although if they do real, real well, everybody will say, oh, Mosaic, what were you thinking? But you know, these guys weren't coming back anyway. And finally, Paul DeYoung, who was having an uptick from the last couple of years, but he went out to Toronto and has not hit at all. 39 at bats and three hits. He's hitting 0.77. Now, maybe it's a new atmosphere, and he's trying to get uh, acclimated to the team, but no walks and 14 Ks. He's been horrible so far. Um, yeah, he. Uh, I watched a uh, – about a week and a half ago, I watched a Toronto game uh, because the Cubs were getting ready to play Toronto, and he did not look good in that game. And then in the three games that we played in Toronto – he played in the first game and didn't play the second two games. Yeah, he's he's kind of lost right now. Yeah, and I hate to see that. Uh, I think the Cardinals are ready for the Mason win experiment to start. So he had such a, a good enough year where we were able to trade him and get something. And the kid that we got for him is doing very good in double A. He's hitting 316 right now and playing a very, uh, you know, he's not a superstar fielder, but he, he gets all the plays he's supposed to make. He makes. I got to see him down there. He didn't get a hit the day I was there, but uh, he's hitting. He is hitting very well. Arenado, though, by the way, I, the, I this guy is special. And uh, all you young folks, if you get a chance, just watch this guy take uh, infield. Watch him play. He's been making eye popping play after eye popping play. He's got um, ten gold gloves, and if he wins one this year, which I think he's got a great shot at it. There will only be four infielders with more gold gloves than Nolan Arenado in the history of baseball. And it became a stat. It became uh, 
an award in 1957. So about half of the history of baseball those guys didn't go gloves but the second half has the only people infielders now right now he's at 10 and he's with uh roberto alomar uh at 10 11 keith hernandez a 12 omar vizquel 13 is pud rodriguez and ozzy smith and 16 is brooks robinson and these are the infielders with the most gold gloves so if arenado wins another one this year he'll be creeping up there with I mean, he's already in the elite uh, uh, class. And uh, anyway, that's just it on, on my baseball news. I, I The games were foreign to uh, that we've been shaky at times. We've been hitting the ball. Uh, Lars had a two-home run game. Edmund had a two-home run game. Walker had a big triple last night with bases loaded. Uh, the guy probably should have caught the ball, but that's neither here nor there. But uh, Vince, that's my Cardinal news. All right. In Cubby news, uh, we were three and two this week um, since our last broadcast, and uh, we finished off last Tuesday, or we we began the week, the broadcast week, I should say, with our second game with the Mets, and we won three to two. Uh, Bellinger and Talkman, who've been our two best players uh, this summer, uh, both homered. Uh, Tyone got the win. Alzale got the save. Um, so that was actually our second game with the Mets. And then Wednesday, uh, we lost the Mets four to three, which meant we lost the series to the Mets two games to one. Um, but that's going to happen in baseball. Pete Alonzo went completely crazy. I think he had four home runs in the three games. And, uh, because, uh, I don't know why, uh, but they thought it would be good to just keep pitching him just keep pitching to him the only guy in the lineup who can hurt you the thing about it is the first four hitters in the Mets lineup are decent um Alonzo is number four hitter he's really good but he's a 220 hitter after that there's nothing yeah it's just don't pitch to him and try to get numbers five through nine to beat you um but what can I say <laughs> um we had Thursday off Friday we uh we Won the first game. We went to Toronto, won the first game uh, six to two. Uh, Javier Assad in a spot start, seven innings, one run. Uh, we needed that boost on Saturday. We won the second game against the Jays, uh, five to four. Uh, Swanson hit a three run home run, and uh, we had that. We uh, that that held up. Then Sunday, we lost 11 to four. I, I previously said that DeYoung only played the first game. He did play the third game because there was an injury and they moved the shortstop to third base and put DeYoung in the game. So, um, sorry, I didn't mean to lie to you all. Oh. So, uh, we took two of three from a very good uh, uh, Blue Jays team that's going to make the playoffs, uh, that can make some noise. So, uh, but we uh, we did lose the game in the standings. We're now three and a half games back of Milwaukee and a half game back in the wild card because the Brewers beat up on the White Sox. Uh, the Reds beat up on Pittsburgh. And um, it was a week where I thought, you know, we could potentially lose some ground playing the Mets in New York and then Toronto. Oh, three and two against, nah, I'll take that. But, you know, the other teams were playing a week schedule. Talking about the upcoming schedule, this is what the Cubs have upcoming. Now, remember, I've talked about the first half of the season ad nauseum. We had a very tough first half of the uh, season as far as schedule-wise. 
We are playing the first game tonight against the White Sox. We have two against the White Sox. We have Thursday off. Then we have three against the Royals. The Sox and the Royals are coming into Wrigley. So that's five games of Wrigley against the Sox and the Royals. We go to Detroit for three games. And then we have four in Pittsburgh. So we are looking at a 12-game stretch where we are playing teams with a combined record of 192 and 284 for a 403 winning percentage. We have to go eight, nine, ten victories in this 12-game stretch. We have to because we played the Braves and beat them three out of four. We have played tough teams and played them very well. We beat the Yankees. Uh, we just took uh, the series from the Blue Jays. We can't let up against these weak teams. Now we have to pile on wins, and it's very important because right now what the Reds have coming up, and is they have two in Cleveland, their in-state rival, and then they have, or excuse me, two at home against Cleveland, and then three at home against the Blue Jays. Um, and then they go on to the road, and they play the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, and then they have uh, four games at Arizona out west. So in that stretch of game where the Cubs are playing teams with a combined 405, 403 winning percentage, the Reds are playing a schedule, excuse me, that have teams with a combined record of 241 and 237 for a 504 winning percentage. So they're playing a schedule over that period with teams that have over 100 percentage point higher. Um, so that's advantageous to the Cubs. The Brewers, yeah. they go to Los Angeles to play the Dodgers for three games. Hey. And on the way back home, they go to Texas for three games. Ooh. And then they come home and they have to play Minnesota for two games. And then they play San Diego comes to town for three games. And San Diego is the only team under 500, but San Diego we know is loaded with talent. Their schedule over that same stretch the Cubs are playing, their teams have a combined record of 260 and 215 for a 547 winning percentage. This has to be a time where we pile up some wins and make up some ground. So I hope after this uh, two-week stretch is over that the Cubs are within one or ahead of the Brewers and that the Reds have fallen off a little bit more because we should be able to take care of business. The one thing that concerns me is that our pitching is starting to get fragile. Uh, Stroman was supposed to come back and start tomorrow. Now he's got some kind of tightness in his ribs, so they backed off of that. Uh, um, uh, Drew Smiley is in the bullpen, and he's pitching crappy in the bullpen, just as bad as he was as a starter. Thank God Assad came up and, and pitched a great game. And hopefully Assad can keep that up in the rotation. Um, we also have a uh, tie on who was really good until Sunday start in Toronto. He got hit pretty hard. Um, uh, Steele has been good all year long. So, but Steele's getting into territory he's never been in before. He's never pitched this many innings in a baseball season. So there's a little bit of uh, what's going on, what's going to happen with the starting staff. Fortunately, with these bad teams, we may be able to outslug them if, if necessary because we've proven we can do that. But I hope our pitching comes back together. The bullpen has been great, but our starting pitching needs to come back together. Hendricks is starting tonight. Hendricks has been decent. Um, 
but he hasn't been, he's had his flashes, but he hasn't been great. So inconsistency in the starting rotation is the one thing that really, really scares me. We have seen Wisniewski come out of the pen. We've seen him do a spot start where he threw for two innings and he hasn't looked that great. He still, for some reason, cannot get a left-hander out. I don't know why. Um, we've seen Killian get called up and just completely look lost. Uh, so he's not the answer. Uh, the wild card is I'm still high on Ben Brown. He's got one of those phantom injuries right now at AAA, but I would like to see him come up and maybe get a start or two, see if he can eat, eat some innings and be effective. But that is one thing that is making me nervous is the starting pitching, which was the bedrock of the first half of the season, is starting to see a little bit of cracks in the foundation. And I see you know, the bullpen has been one of the best in baseball. That doesn't hold up if you're starting pitching, can't hang around for six innings. It'll Your bullpen is going to get tired, and it's going to be a disaster. Um, in, I think it was 2017, uh, the Cubs went to the playoffs, I think, with like 95 victories. But we, you could tell our pitching, our, our, our staff was just completely gassed. We somehow eked out a playoff series win against the Nationals. And then by the time we played the Dodgers, we had nothing left. And I can see a scenario like that where we 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 nurse our pitching along and, and push it along. And then when we get to the playoffs, it just may not hold up. So those are my concerns. But, you know, like I said, um, we're, we're a good team. But we've benefited because no one else in the division has been great. Where we thought the Cardinals would be a 90-92 win team. We've benefited from being in a weak division. Uh, do I think we have a team that can go far in the playoffs? No, I just don't think we're going to have the starting pitching to do that. Um, but I do think that the Reds are, are certainly beatable. And I just don't think the Brewers have enough offense to make a run. So I think it's going to come to us and the Brewers with our pitching being weak and their offense being weak. And we'll see how things pan out from there. You know, this time of year, everybody's got aches and pains and they're tired and you just have to pull it up. And sometimes it's that 29th guy down in the minors that comes up and becomes a star. And this is where legends get made. You somebody comes in, you know, I always mentioned Cesar Cedeno came over to the Cardinals one year. They couldn't get him out. He was on fire. I'll remember that for the rest of my life. And this yeah. it's gonna it's gonna be fun. And I the reason I like the Cubs as a team, I like watching them, is they hustle, they play clean. Um, you know, when when the Cardinals are on base, the Cardinals and the Cubs are talking to each other. It's not like a bit of rivalry. I mean, we want to win and they want to win, but uh I just like the way y'all play. You play with enthusiasm. Uh, you got a nice mixture of veterans and young guys. You can see some of these guys are going to, the team's just going to get stronger and better. So I really enjoy uh, the Cub team. I really do. I like these guys. It's a good bunch of uh, fellas all on this team playing hard and pulling them in the same direction together. And Ross, although he's not a, you know, he's never going to be confused as the, uh, you know, Mr. <laughs> Stratetician or anything. But I think the players love them and they want to give them everything they got. And they, uh, 
And I think he's a, a motivator kind of coach. This know? is what drives me nuts about Ross. Uh, a couple weeks ago, he came out and said, yeah, now every game we have to play for every game. You know, everything's important. We can't throw any games away. Sunday against Toronto, he threw out a Sunday lineup he would throw out May. I'm thinking, what in the world are you doing? <laughs> he had wisdom at first base. Wisdom should have had two errors. <laughs> and I'm they only called one of them an error. And I'm thinking, why are you putting him on first? Why are you putting him in the lineup? You don't. We're we're in a pennant run right now. This isn't made. There no, there is no need to have a Sunday lineup out here. But anyway, <laughs> you know, Whitey Herzog. We love Whitey here in St. Louis. And Whitey, he went after every game. Every game. You those Sunday lineups. You might have one guy not in there. Maybe the catcher. But they he worked those guys to death. He he went for it. Where Tony Larusa seemed like he had, you know, he rotated things and. There was always people with days off, but they were fresh down the stretch too, you know? So I don't know what the right way is, but I know what you're talking about. You're in a pennant race and you, you have your B team out there that they're in different positions and things like that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I Well, Vince, can I announce something? We're I, I have a contest if that's okay. You can. Oh, yay. All right. This is our 46th episode and our sixth contest. And this is going to be a short, sweet one. All right. I call this either or, and I'll get to that in a minute. But if you can name, and I want to do something with the Cardinals and the Cubs. So this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, whoever can name the run scored by both the Cardinals and the Cubs on Saturday and Sunday games, we tally them up, and whoever comes closest, uh, say it's say it's 46 runs, and somebody says 45, and somebody says 47, it'll be 45. It's the one that's underneath. That's the tiebreaker right there. And if two people get it right, I'll have two prizes, all right? So that's the contest, and the the uh, the Cubs are playing the Royals Saturday and Sunday, so that can make up your mind at how many runs you think they're going to score. And the Cardinals are playing the Mets, so the Cardinals have the Mets, the Cubs have the Royals. And Don't if you pitch to Alonzo, <laughs> all right, you heard it here. I hope uh, Ollie's listening. Uh, but anyway, uh, so those so four games: the two Saturday and the two Sunday. And total runs, and here's the prizes. It's either or. You can either take the Cardinal prize or you can take the Cub prize. Now, the Cub prize, I think, is pretty cool. Let me reach, let me reach over there and get it. It's uh, I'm going to open this up. It's a mint condition. It's the 2013 Cub Media Guide. Look at that. Ain't that pretty cool? Rizzo's on there and Baez. Oh, and Gaza, but this if, do what can now? I, can I play? Can yeah, I play yeah. This yeah, let's all play, everybody. No. <laughs> yeah, but I think this is great because I was reading this, uh, and you can see the groundwork for what was to come in 2015. Because I think you guys had that window of like 15 to 19. Was 20 a good year in there for you? I don't we know. We made the playoffs. Yeah. We made the playoffs. So there was five years they had that window. And of course, with the 2016 World Series, they they won that one. But you can see this is the groundwork where things were about to change. And it's got all the Cubs statistics, all the, the, the whole roster, players that I kind of forgot about. Dave McKay was your third base coach. I didn't yes, know. Yes, he was. I didn't know yeah. Dave McKay was the third base coach, but it's all in here. So if the if a Cub fan or a Cardinal fan, and would rather have this prize, that's cool. That's cool. So that's the Cub prize. 
And the Cardinal Prize, if I can get it over here. All right. It's a Colton Wong bobblehead. I have an extra Colton Wong bobblehead. So if that's what you would like, and it looks like this. It's a Colton Wong uh, going in the hole and getting the ball right there. So uh, it's got the old, it's got the Sunday Cardinal hat on. So if you would like that, uh, that you get to pick which prize you get. So have your picks in by Friday at 10 o'clock. And just one guess per customer. And uh, I'll have a board. And next week, we'll announce the winner. So it's short and sweet. And uh, with you being a comedian, when you said, I'll show you what it looks like, I just thought you were going to start bobbing your head. <laughs> Out of respect to Joe the Animal, I will not do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, JJ. Anyway, yeah. That's an excellent contest. Um, is Colton Wong still playing? No, I heard he, that's why I thought of that. He got uh, uh, he got he DFA. got DFA, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah. And now he may show up next year, somebody may give him a chance. He's still a young guy, but uh, that was kind of a big thing too. Us, him going to Milwaukee because he won the Golden Glove the next year in Milwaukee and he played a couple of years there and then he's bounced around a little bit, but he's had a nice career, you know, he's been a, a very good player, but his. His big years, the years, you know, you kind of remember was the Cardinal ones and uh, maybe the first couple in Milwaukee. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, let's bring our panel in and have, we haven't had a panel for a few months. So let's bring the panel in. I love the panel. Welcome to our panel committee. We are welcoming back two veterans who've been with us before. Ray, I don't think you've been on a panel. Have you been on a panel? Uh, I'd one. I was on with uh, Brandon before me, me and Brandon were on there. Okay, yeah. so you have been on a panel, so yeah. you know how this works. Yeah. Shannon, you've been with us before as a guest in a segment, and now you're, you've you've taken a step down. You're in the panel. Okay, so <laughs> okay. What we do here basically is we'll pool our ignorance on baseball and look like fools. So, <laughs> so awesome. JJ, why don't you get us rolling with a with an insightful question? All right. My first question is this. I'm going to start out with something light. All right. Somewhere in the 1970s, they started playing walk-up music. You know, it was like the time that wrestling had walk-up music, coming to the ring music. And um, I'm just going to ask you what's your favorite walk-up song for a player. If you in, if you can't remember anyone in particular, that's fine. But what I want to know is if you were in the major leagues, what would your walk-up song be? All right. That's a good, I think it's a good question. And uh, if anybody's ready to uh, answer, you can go ahead. But if you're thinking about it, I have some uh, walk-up trivia to go through if you're still thinking about it. Any of, uh, Ray, do you have an answer for uh, your favorite walk-up song? And what oh, yeah. My favorite is uh, Cashmere by Led Zeppelin. Oh, who was that like for? That. Do what? Who? Which player was that for? You know what? I'm not for sure, but I know I've been to a game where it's played, and I want to say it was either a Dodger or a Brave. I don't remember which one. Or... Well, sometimes songs are shared with other players, and I think yeah. Scott yeah. Kazmir had Kaz... Now I've screwed myself up, but I think that was his walk-up song was uh, Kashmir. Very good. So what would yeah. your walk-up song be if you were playing, Ray? 
Uh, probably Crazy Train by Ozzy. That gets the fans going. It gets everybody knows that song. The beginning of it's great. Chipper yeah. Jones used that song too. Very good. That's a very yeah, good one. For like fictional baseball, I, I still love the wild thing with Ricky Vaughn off of Major League. <laughs> That's not a walk-up song, but it was his entrance song when he came into pitch. That's right. I love that. I love when they do stuff like that. Well, Miss Shannon, do you have a, a, a favorite of all time that you remember being at the ballpark and somebody came up and or what would your favorite be? You know, recently, um, I think it is the Cardinals closer, Ryan Hells, is it Helsey, Helsley? I don't know how to say his last name. I forget because uh -huh. he usually messes up. Um, <laughs> but it's it's uh, it's his save music, and I believe it's an ACDC song. Um, uh -huh. I think it's Hells Bells or something like that. Um, I can tell you I'm not too crazy about – my favorite player right now currently in the Cardinals is Paul Goldsmith because he's awesome and dreamy. But he's had an off year. I think I think the Cardinals as a whole have had an off year, obviously. But um, he's got like this Christian song. And like, I'm totally fine if you want to believe in God and all that stuff. But can we not have it be your walk-up song? Like praise, praising him or something. You know, I, I'm just not, I, I mean, I'm not writing any letters or anything. It's just not my thing, you know. It's not your thing, um, okay. If, if, if I was a Major League Baseball player, um, yeah. it would definitely, it would be back in black. Totally, 100%. Oh, man. Yeah, you're coming out there causing some trouble. I like that. That's, that's right. <laughs> All right, now we got to go to Mr. Cub here. Ernie Banks and Vince Offer. <laughs> Strangely enough, the only Cub song you're going to have here is one that I hate. My, This is going back in antiquities. And with your display in the background of Ted Simmons, Ted Simmons had, it wasn't a walk-up song. It was just a few chords on the piano that Ernie Hayes used to play that sounded kind of like a snake charmer because his nickname was Simba. And I loved that when I was a kid. It just sounded so cool. Uh, but, it, you know, it wasn't a walk-up song. It was just every time he would come to the plate, Ernie Hayes would play this, like, snake charming music that was just so cool. But my favorite song walk-up song and i don't know i'm not into modern country music um but when i think it was lance berkman was on the cardinals he had the walk-up song that was played in the remake of uh um the rooster cogburn movie um true grit yeah um and i i thought that was that that was so cool it was a very macho song i guess you could say the walk-off song or walk-up song i absolutely hated was when ben zobris was with the cubs his wife who was a recording artist did a song danny oh. danny and then <laughs> they got a divorce so <laughs> so that, that shows you what that'll get you but i absolutely hated it and if i had a walk-up song it would be Willie Nelson's Time of the Preacher because I used to be a pastor. That's that's what I would do. Very good. I'm going to have to go listen to that song. I have never heard that song. I don't believe anyway. Yeah, uh, It's on The Red-Headed Stranger, one of the greatest oh, albums yeah. ever. Okay. Well, my favorite, you guys all remember this, when McGuire was here, they played Welcome to the Jungle. And you had that, dun, 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 and you hear Axel screaming. They never actually got to the singing part of the song, and the crowd would just erupt. And uh, I don't know, Welcome to the Jungle, that first mm, 20 seconds of that song 
fit perfect and it just electrified the audience now for me if i came to the thing the beginning if you ever get a chance listen to montrose rock candy sammy hagar yeah it's great beginning to that song and man i'd be coming out even if i struck out i'd do it with style so montrose <laughs> rock candy would be my song <laughs> I have been a Sammy Hagar fan since I was ten. So I knew yeah, I like I knew I like that's Shannon. great. That's great. I love Sammy. Yeah, me too. Me too. Great walk up song. That'd be awesome. We're gonna start a Sammy podcast, Shannon. All right, let's do it. <laughs> oh. Is it my turn? Your turn, sir. Okay. I gotta start with the general question, uh, because I, I I have my answer, and I, I like to hear why other people who are baseball fans would what they think about this. Why is baseball the superior team sport as compared to the other team sports? Go, JJ. All right, here you go. The manager is in uniform. Right there, you got that. That's the only sport where the manager is in uniform. And two... You're only as strong as your weakest link. In basketball, you can keep giving the ball to Jordan and LeBron or, Cor or Kobe, but in baseball, the shortstop's got a bat. You can't You're... give the ball to Kobe anymore. Well. Oh! <laughs> oh! Candy! <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, and you have to make your lineup. Are we going to go with the stick or are we going to go with the glove? You know, in, in basketball, in hockey, and in football, you can just give the ball to Earl Campbell or Tony Dorsett. In hockey, you got Wayne Gretzky or, or, or Hull. You know, in baseball, that player has to come back around nine more or eight more batters. And um, I just, to me, I think it's the strategy and the depth of the roster. And you can't pitch this, your best pitcher every night. It's a long season. You can't wear them out. So that's my answer why. Baseball is far superior. <laughs> Ray, you are I, smiling. I, yeah, I kind of agree with JJ on that, but it, I, it depends. I have buddies that are football fans that just absolutely despise baseball, and they think it's, oh, it's such a slow game, and it's so boring and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I kind of agree with JJ. It's like the, the team has to be a team. Instead of, I mean, you have your superstars on the team, just like you do in hockey, football, basketball, whatever. But like JJ said, those guys got to come out consistently every day and play. And they play a lot more games than, you know, the football players play. They, whether they play 17 in a season, uh, even hockey is, is a lot less than, than baseball. So you got to have a consistent team that wants to gel together and play together. And that's what makes it fun for me to watch because you, you're going to have guys that are just on fire and do good. And then the next week they strike out way too many times. So it's, it's, it's just the fun of watching that, I think. And well, you know me, I like to listen to it on the radio. So just listen, I picture it in my head while I'm listening. So I can just imagine, you know, but that's, right. that's the fun of it for me is, you know, watching the team be a team. Amen. I like that. Answer. And why is baseball superior? Well, I mean, you guys really, really gave some good examples as to why, but I think it is very, I think it's awesome because anything can happen. I mean, I guess that could be said for any sport, but um, like you guys were saying, 
we play a lot of games, you know, and they're, they're crazy athletes. They have to be on point all the time and you can go to the ballpark or you can sit at home and listen to the radio. It can be as intellectual as you want it to be. You know, you can get all into the stats and the figures and the whatnots. You can sit there and be like, okay, there's a runner on third or two outs. So I like it because it can be as smart as you want it to be, or you can just sit around with a beer and chill out and enjoy yourself. And I mean, I guess that can be said for other sports, but again, it's the longevity. You know, these guys are training. They're these crazy athletes. And again, anything can happen. I just think it's awesome because you just never know till that very last strike. I I like baseball. I think it's pure because it's it is it's slow moving. Um, it's more of an intellectual game. And as I said on here before, what what I love about baseball is every pitch is a mental chess game between hitter and pitcher. And I get to watch that about every 15 seconds nowadays. And I I can't help but guess along. What, what's he going to throw? What's he going to be looking for? So like Shannon said, it can be as intellectual as you want it to be. Or it can be the most brain dead sport. All you got to do is pay attention to, well, some somebody somebody's scored, so we're up one to nothing, and you don't really think about much about it. So most everybody understands baseball. There's still a large percentage of people who are not sports fan who really have no idea what's going on in the football game. Um, <clears throat> basketball is pretty much straightforward. Hockey's pretty much straightforward too. Uh, but those are all action sports as compared to baseball, which is the slow-moving, um, leisurely sport. And I know that some people think that that's, that's boring, um, but I don't think it's boring. I think it's it's something I can think along with. So that's why I think it's superior. And I love football. I don't watch much NBA anymore, but I still watch some college basketball and I gave up on hockey 20 years ago and I just never picked it back up again. So baseball has always stuck with me um, because of that, like those, those moments in the game where you have to, where you, you have to, you get to think along with the manager or the pitcher or the hitter and see how it unfolds. And I'm I'm with you too there, Vince, because um, you know, a lot of people think it's too slow moving. And now, you know, this year all the rules change, but or a lot of the rules change to speed it up. But I, I'm with you. I, I don't mind the because every it, it they're strategizing, they're contemplating their next move. It's it's a total mind thing, you know. So I, I enjoy the the pace of the game because they're strategizing. It's exciting, I think. It's the only sport where the defense has the ball, too. And um, uh, sometimes you're making a, a strategy move for down the road. You can't blow up your bullpen for one game. And you want to win every game, but, but you got to think about tomorrow and the next day and the next day and who's starting and the team you're playing. I just love all the little nuances of the game. You know, my wife gets tired of me because of the, oh, look who's on deck. Oh, my gosh. Now they're going to pitch him outside. He's going to take it to right field. You know, I just do that the whole game. She goes, all right, all right. Is that the only reason your wife gets tired of you? <laughs> well, <laughs> probably not. But let's go with that for tonight. <laughs> all right. Great answers.
All right. My next question is, this is the question that has been uh, uh, people have talked about since the 1800s. There's no right answer, but we've got probably the greatest baseball minds collectively here tonight to answer (laughs) this question. Which is better? Does good pitching stop good hitting or does good hitting stop good pitching? So basically what I'm asking is if you were building your team, would you be pitching heavy or would you go with the sticks? And there's no right or wrong answer because we've seen teams that had, I I mean, at the 82 Cardinals, we did it with defense speed and we could hit. And as a Cardinal fan, we've never had a team. I mean, we had uh, the sixties, you had Gibson and Carlton and some of those guys, but uh, in my lifetime, it's all been, the hitting and the defense and the Cardinals have won a few world series. So my question is, would you build your team with pitching? Do you think that is the best way to go and it stops the good hitting or will a good lineup just, you know, kill good pitching? What do you think? Ray, you got an answer for that one? Oh yeah. Like you said, there's not really a correct answer for this and it, it could go either way, but I would lean a little bit toward better pitching. If you got a good pitching staff and an okay batting, I think you're going to win more games if you have bad pitching, unfortunately, our Cardinals this year and good hitters. We have a lot of good hitters on this team, but our pitching cannot keep up. So that, I mean, that's almost like living proof right in front of our eyes right there that the the pitching is, is going to, it's going to weigh out a little bit higher than the batting, not by much though, but like I said, it's, it's not, I'm not right on that. Cause like you said, we've had teams that our pitching has just been okay, but our, our sticks and our speed and our defense, pulled us through and I I think you got to be lucky sometimes with that also if you have just average pitching you gotta get some timely hits some timely steals that kind of stuff that just falls your way yeah it seems like in the postseason if you've got two studs two aces you can really put a hurt on it I would bet I would bet on that team all day yeah yeah (laughs) you know just if I was a betting person but it's just it seems like the the better pitching is going to is going to go through more than the better hitting. Okay. All right. Well, Miss Shannon, how do you feel about that? Would you go with the pitching or the, the hitting there? It, you know, that that's really a hard question because, of course, I'm thinking about this year's Cardinals, and we've had nothing for pitching. And you think of our big sticks, um, Goldie and Arnato, um, you know, they haven't really been that great in my opinion. I mean, they're, you know, I, I feel like it trickles down just like in a corporation, you know. Um, when your leader isn't doing so good, it, it kind of trickles down. But if I had to pick one, first of all, this is so not a fair question, and I know there's no right or wrong. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with hitting just because pitchers, like, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but think about Bob Gibson back in the day. He would laugh at these guys that are pitching. You know, oh, you're at 97 pitches. We better get you out of there. You know, um, there, and nothing against them, of course, because they're amazing athletes. But it just seems like they're so fragile. The pitching pitchers can be so fragile. Um, like I believe last year we had a guy that didn't want to go two days in a row. Like, yes, suck up, suck up your millions and get out there. You know yeah. that really made me upset as a fan. But I'm going to go with hitting. I'm going to go with hitting just because in this day and age, right now today, I feel pitching. Well, the whole game's fragile. But I'm I'm going to say I'm going to go with my big sticks. So. Hey, I like that answer. Yeah, very good. Well, Vince, Mr. Cub, what do you think? Hit the pitching. 
I'm going to lean towards pitching um, because if you have a dominant pitching performance, you only have to scratch one run or two runs maybe to win. Um, so you can have a pedestrian lineup to do that. Um, but I, you know, I hearken back to when the late teens up to 2020, when the Cubs had all these mega talented stars, but anytime we ran into a good pitcher or a good pitching staff, yeah, we had, we had trouble. We had a game in 2015 or 16. I can't remember which season. Um, where we played the Nationals and Scherzer was pitching and it was apparent within the first two hitters he was on and um, I remember there was a shot in the dugout and Rizzo and Ross who was a player at the time not not managing they were just like kind of laughing like what what can we do today he struck out like 14 or 15 guys and just dominated us so if you have that really dominant pitcher, it's very hard to to have a hitter to to reach that level to hit that pitcher. So I, you know, I give the edge to pitching. Uh, of course, uh, fans want to see a lot of offense. So if I was building a team to win, I would lean on pitching. If I was building a team to build attendance to make money, I'd probably invest my money in in a lineup that could lose eight to seven, but we have three home runs today. The fireworks went off three times, and everybody went home a little happy. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I uh I lean a little. I'm like I agree with Shannon. A little heavy on the hitting. Um, I think you can get by with good pitching, and the pitchers are so fragile these days. Like you were saying, Shannon, that they can go. You have somebody go two or three months, and they're just lights out pitching the All Star game, and then all of a sudden they've lost it. And, uh, you know, if I was spending money on free agents, I usually would lean on the hitting. Now, you got to have some pitching. And, of course, the Cardinals would have to go out and get some pitching because our pitching at best is like number threes and fours. And maybe Michaelis could be a – no, I think he's more of a three. I'm not going to – can't exaggerate there. He's a three. So we have to go get some pitching. But we've got the hitting. We've got the defense. And we got some speed. But we – you know, it's like what what you always want, what you don't have. And I think we need the pitching right now. But uh, anyway, so that's my answer. Good answers, everybody. Very JJ, good. If I could, if I could kind of follow up on that, the 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 game has changed a lot with pitching too. Like I think Shannon has said, Gibson and those guys would go eight, nine innings and stuff like that. Nowadays, the starters don't. So that's why I wing toward pitching because if they give four or five innings, you got the next guy who's going to come in and give two or three, and then you got your closer. So pitching, you know, if you got good starters, good middle relief, and good closer. I don't think anybody's going to score on you, at least not much. Sandy Alcantara is a, a unique one. He actually had another complete game, and he's yeah. got more complete games than sometimes the other teams combined. Yeah, you you have those guys, of course. Special. But, but he's but had most, a, a most of the guys here. are just going five or six innings. Yeah. And in, in your bullpen, there's always going to be maybe one guy that don't – he's all having an off night, and there goes And that could game. happen. Yeah, that I see happen. that. Well, you know, the Cardinals, we had a lot of that this year. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, our bullpen is, is pretty much useless this year. Hit, hit and miss. Hit and miss. Yeah. I'm speaking to three Cardinal fans, and I've spent 
most of my life in St. Louis. I know what it's like to be outnumbered here. So, but I, <laughs> that's, that's I want your honest, true. I want your honest opinion. <laughs> if the Cubs make it to the playoffs this year, how far do you want them to go? Do I want all the way, all the way? Go uh, Cubbies, go! I yeah, let's. I, I I'd hope they'd go all the way. Also, represent the national. I'm a, I'm a baseball fan. Sorry, I, I'm a baseball fan above everything else. So okay. go Cubs! I, I know I could have three other Cardinal fans. I said, oh, I hope they get knocked out in the first round because most of them yeah. are friends of mine. That's the way they treat me. But, um. I, I I think this is an interesting question. I had years when the Cardinals make the playoffs where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm good with them. You know, I hope they go all the way. And then there's times when the Cardinal fan base, at least those who interact with me, have been so annoying. I, I hope you get knocked out in the first round, which is very hard. I don't let my wife know that because she's a Cardinal fan. But there, there have been times where I've been watching the Cardinals in the playoffs and I'm thinking, I kind of – if you get knocked out in the first round, if, if especially if they won the World Series the year before, that's when the obnoxiousness really kicks in for the next year. Man, I hope you get knocked out in the first round. <laughs> so I don't. Well, like, and and I, we are. I, I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say we are so spoiled here. I mean, we are obnoxious, spoiled baseball fans, and I totally own up to that. You're absolutely correct. Um, we're not used to this losing stuff. I mean, we're going back to the nineties when they were not good, you know, um, we are totally spoiled. So I'm go cubbies. I mean, if they, they have a, they have a far superior team to us, I believe right now. So after in 2015, after the Cubs knocked the Cardinals out of the playoffs, did you want the Cubs to keep winning or were you pretty mad at the Cubs at that time? I was disappointed. Very angry, very, very upset. Yeah. I, I, I guess sometimes the circumstances do dictate because I know if the Cardinals knocked us out, I would be like, Oh gosh, I hope you get shut out for four straight games. Oh, oh. You know, there's a part of me though, the team that beats us like last year, the Phillies, they were struggling. They got hot at the right time. And when they beat us, it made me feel good that they went all the, almost went all the way because it, well, you know, Hey, they were so good. They beat all those other teams that were, ranked a lot higher than us. So it, it get, made it feel like it wasn't a total loss of a season. Uh, I, that's how I kind of looked at it a little bit. The Cubs, uh, I'll be honest, when the, you guys won that World Series, I did not want you to win it. My wife goes, oh, wouldn't it be nice if the Cubs win it? I said, no, and let them keep going. You know, but now that they've won and it's over with, all right. And if we're not in it, I really don't have a dog in the fight. I, I like Atlanta, but they've won recently. And I think that team is private. This is a great story for the Cub history. They're a team that, you know, probably even diehard Cub fans thought third place team. And here they are. They're right in there. It's going to be a great stretch. And if they get in it, anything's possible. So this could be a great story this year, Vince. Well, I, I'm like you. Um, whoever knocks us out of the playoffs, I want them to win the World Series. Um, that's automatically who I'm going to vote for. Um, unless it's been, and I, I don't remember this ever happening, like, a, a nasty situation where you know the teams were not getting along or something or you know like in uh 87 when the giants beat the cardinal or the cardinals beat the giants i really wanted the giants to lose because i wanted jeffrey leonard to lose i never wanted him to <laughs> play another guy. baseball game oh. i could not understand him um oh. 
but like uh, in 03, as much as it hurt that the Marlins beat us, they went on to play the Yankees and I watched them beat the Yankees and I was, I felt heartbroken because I thought the Cubs should have been in there, but I thought I'm, I'm happy for this team. They won a world series. They have poor attendance. Um, they're behind the eight ball quite a bit. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why. And they went and they, they beat the Yankees, which was fantastic. And I thought it was great that they did it at Yankee Stadium because I loved watching those Marlins celebrate and the stadium be dead quiet. So, yeah, yeah whoever whoever beats the Cubs in the playoffs, I always go ahead and win it all. That's what I'm voting for. Well, yeah, I can I, say. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Bridget. Well, no, I just go ahead. I was going to say, probably when I was younger, I always wanted the Cubs to lose. But now that I'm older and I enjoy the whole aspect of the game more, if the Cubs win, I'm I'm good with that. You know, it's it's good for them. They're a better team. They deserve it. I had a I, friend in 2016, a tremendous Cardinal fan, and I he was texting me through that game seven of the World Series with the Cubs and kind of kind of kept my emotions in check because you know, especially when Rajay Davis hit that home run, I thought, oh, here we, we've cubbed it up again. Um, it was, you know, I had this diehard Cardinal fan who, who kind of helped me through that. And he, he used to tease me a lot and, you know, kind of be mean spirited about it. And when I told him, uh, one day I said, you know, buried my grandfather, age 95 at the time. And he said, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry to hear this. I said, yeah, I said, can you believe that he never saw the Cubs win a World Series? And my dad's never seen the Cubs win a World Series. This is, it was like a generational thing for Cub fans. And so he kind of like, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it would be good for you to win. So, you know. You're not all visiting the psychiatric bills in the Chicago area went way down after we won the 2006. <laughs> <laughs> all right, JJ, go I ahead. Have, this is my last question, and this is a this is just a total fun one. If we're all GMs, we all have a team, and you're a GM and you're starting your new team, what player in baseball right now would you want to start and build your team around? Who is the player that you would want and you would build that team around that one player? If you get it, the first pick and take anybody in the league, who would that be? Got any ideas? Otani. <laughs> you would take Otani. That's a great Exactly. Pick. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's, anybody's even close. I'm going to pick uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. I, I like Otani, but I, I, I think Okuna's somebody who I'd like to build the team around. Well, oh, go ahead. one thing for Acuna Jr., he, uh, his ERA is 0, 0.00 now. Better than Otani, so. <laughs> well, I can't lose there, can I, Vince? <laughs> I, picked, uh, I picked Ronald Acuna Jr., too. I, I, Ray, I like the way you're thinking. And here's well, why. I don't know how much longer Otani can keep this up of being a player and a pitcher. He's done it for a while. He's great. And don't get me wrong. If he could, if I knew, if I could look in the crystal ball, say he's got about five more years of this. Oh my gosh. But he just uh, missed this, this start before arm soreness. And I'm like, yeah. Ooh, you know, and that whole team just it's rests starting. on him. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, 
I, I wish him all the best. But Acuna Jr., 25 years old, yep. sixth season in the league, uh, 709 hits already. And most guys are just getting to the league at, at the age 25 and four-time All-Star and Rookie of the Year. I'm just saying, I, he, he's still on a lot of bases. He may be the MVP in the National League this year. But uh, I like the way he plays center field. And don't get me wrong, I, there's no wrong answer in this. Otani, of course. If that guy wins 13 there's games. There's wrong answers. <laughs> there's wrong answers. Is it wrong answer? Yeah, Man's I mean, is the wrong answer. If you say Matt Carpenter, uh, maybe that's a <laughs> that's a stretch. Maybe that's a stretch. Hey, I, I, I know I'm going to sound like a homer here. Um, but you're saying right now, I think I would, if take Otani out, I think I would throw a lot of money at Bellinger. Um, he hit two balls off of Barrios in the Toronto series. One, a fastball he had to go down on his left knee, and he stroked it into right field to drive in a run. The next at bat, he has a pitch at his eyes that he knocks off the wall for a double. Same pitcher, and he said, I know he's he's ultra hot right now and it can't last, but to go from hitting a ball that is coming in below your knees to, to get the run home to uh, hitting the ball that's that's basically eye level, I, I was amazed. Right now, you cannot pitch to this guy. Um, and I, it's been that way for six weeks now, and I'm thinking, okay, this is the players that the Dodgers had. I didn't watch him that much because the Dodgers play on the West Coast and it's late and everything. But you know, I knew he was a stud player. But having seen him every day uh, the last month and a half, it's like I. The only thing I like in this streak too that I paid close attention to was when Brett was pushing 400, and I guess it was 1980. Um, other than that. Uh, he, he's hitting everything. He's hitting to the opposite field. He's hitting with power. He's stealing bases. Um, he plays gold glove in center field, and he plays gold glove first base. doesn't matter where we put him. He's he's one of the best fielders on the team. So right now, you know, a guy who's in his, I guess he's 27, 28 years old right now. I may take a, take a gander throwing more money at him than anyone else. I got breaking news for you, Vince. That is not Bellinger. That remember when Paul McCartney they said they put a imposter in there. This is one of those aliens, and I would like to have him <laughs> check because I don't think that's the actual Bellinger. <laughs> There's an episode of the X Files that David Duchovny wrote, who's a huge baseball fan, played Ivy League baseball, and in the episode, all the greatest baseball players were aliens. It's 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 it's. <laughs> For a nerdy baseball fan, you don't have to be an X-File fan. Just look up the baseball it. episode of the X-Files. It. It's really cool. <laughs> All right. My last question, and being we've got Cardinal fans here, I want to ask you, what do you think the three greatest needs are for the Cardinals going into next season? Well, that's pretty easy. Pitching, pitching, and more pitching. <laughs> exactly that's that's what i was gonna say 
I would say starting, uh, I really think we need two starting pitchers, a veterans that can eat up some innings. I like some of the young guys. We're getting a look at some young guys. Libertors look really good. Matz's look good. Uh, Dakota Hudson has surprised me. Maybe he can go to the bullpen, but I'd say two veteran starting pitchers that could eat innings. I doubt if we get Snell or Nola, but maybe somebody out there, um, a veteran that maybe could give you 180 innings and maybe win 12, 13 games. And, you know, go six or seven innings every start. That would be very nice. Uh, a bullpen guy. I think we need a veteran presence in the bullpen. Uh, Helsley at times looks unhittable. And then at times he looks terrible. Same looks with Hicks. Like yeah, Hicks sometimes. Uh, there are times where he looked like he couldn't <laughs> hit the guy. He's gone now. But uh, And then there was times he couldn't even throw the ball to first base. You know what I'm talking about there. And then uh, Gallegos, same thing. Although this JoJo Romero... <sighs> has come out of nowhere and he has looked so good the last two, three weeks. Uh, but I don't know if he's going to be the closer of the future, but uh, I don't know. Well, what's on Matt's the went on the match went on the IL last night. I thought Yeah, he did. Yeah, but he did. He had seven starts there after he came back to the rotation and he was doing fantastic. So we got him next year. He'll be back next year. So maybe he can pick up from that, but I say two starters and, uh, and maybe a guy, a, a setup man or a closer in the bullpen. And that, that'd be my three wishes. I think our defense is good. I think we got team speed with Mason Wynn coming. That's even going to be faster. And uh, Scott at center field is coming and maybe in two years for him. So we're going to have probably more team speed than we've had in a long time. And our defense is very good. Um, so anyway, that's, that's what I think. Two starters and a bullpen guy. If, well, if, what do you oh, go, go oh. ahead. I was going to say, well, what do you guys, Cardinal fans, think of, um, you know, I agree with pitching, of course, obviously, that's looking us in the face, but I think we need somebody like Yachty back. I mean, obviously, we can't have Yachty, but we, I feel like we need that, kind of like what JJ was saying, some, like, an anchor, somebody for stability in the clubhouse, and like, that veteran, kind of like a lead, because I feel like, you know, the the feelings and the emotions and the just there's nobody to anchor and like to to look up to at this point i feel in the within the cardinal clubhouse uh they got the herrera kid coming and i i don't know we're going to either have to trade him or move kisner or maybe move Contreras to another position i mean he plays catcher and he's done a good uh, uh, he's got a pass ball problem but we knew that and framing but uh he's hitting the daylights out of the ball i I mean, he's a very good major league hitter, uh, but either Herrera or Kisner is going to have to go. And that Herrera kid looks really, really good. Maybe he could be yeah. the guy to step in and take over there. I, I think one of the, what Shannon's uh, talking about, alluding to, could be seen in Tyler O'Neill, who all the reports coming out is he's dogging it. Uh, we're, where were they at in Toronto? He didn't want to play because of the turf. Um, I, the, the, someone should have stood up and said, listen, you little Franco Colombo, get your butt out there and hit the ball. Right. Um, right. Go do your job. And that's, that's, Wayne Wright's a leader, but he's a leader for the pitchers. And he's not the same leader that Yachty is because let's face it. If Yachty told you to do something, you do it. He's he's commands that kind of respect and he's very intimidating. I heard a story on the radio uh, about a year ago where Wainwright said that uh, 
Yachty told him one day, you're coming, you and your family are coming to Puerto Rico and having Thanksgiving with my family. There wasn't no asking. And uh, Wainwright was like, so we had no choice. We had to go. And that's, that's the kind of respect that he had. And there's just, I don't see Tyler O'Neill doing, no saying, way. In the club, no way. I'm not taking the field no because way. it hurts my feet or my toes or whatever. Because, you know, Yachty played through just about everything. And I thought it was Helsley you were talking about because there was last year he wouldn't pitch back to back days. There was a couple of times he said, uh, no, I already pitched yesterday. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah. that came out and I was like, oh, no, man. Yeah. Uh, because Bruce Suter, who we all love, uh, that dude would pitch from the seventh in and on and do it three out of four days. You know, <laughs> he was he was something special, though. See, now getting back to the pitching, Mosellock has come out and said that we need pitching and we need hitters who can miss bats, which I haven't heard a Cardinal representative say that ever. I mean, it's all we pitch to contact. We pitch to contact. I said, yeah, we do need a guy who's going to miss bats. I think if San Diego was, was in a cell mode, which they should have been, I guess now, I think there's a good chance the Cardinals would have coughed up for uh, for Snell or Darvish or somebody uh, that they feel like that they could extend and get them on the team. I do think the Cardinals will be serious players in Ian Snell. I don't think that the fan base is going to let them get away without getting a starting pitcher that can miss bats because it's out of Mosellock's mouth. And uh, there's not a whole lot out there as far as pitching goes. So I really look for the Cardinals to make a strong pitch, uh, no pun intended, free and snow. And uh, I think Mosellock kind of backed himself into a corner by saying, this is what we need. We have to have it. Okay, then go out and get it. Don't get outbid for it. Go out and get it. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, hey, there's someone behind you breaking into your house, Shannon. <laughs> no, that's that's my husband just coming home from his job. <laughs> it is not an intruder. It, it is a, a bigger Cardinal fan than me, if I dare say that. Hey, hey. Well, we all have our faults. Um, <laughs> yeah, got one dig in there. Want to thank our guests. Thank you, Ray, for joining us You're again. Welcome. Very, very much appreciative. Uh, Ray, who who loves to listen to the games on the radio uh, more so than watch on TV, which is I think is very cool. Thank you again for Shannon uh, for coming. I know Shannon has to get out of here because she has a visit with the masseuse. Oh, so. Hey. All that stress from losing. She's got to get, release that stress. That's I, absolutely true. I <laughs> cannot go to a, to a masseuse because I have this thing. I cannot stand my spine to be touched. Just cannot stand it. And my daughter, Rebecca, uh, if she, you know, she wants to be belligerent to me, she'll just walk up and touch me in the spine. Don't touch my spine. <laughs> I, I'm sure it has something to do with you being a Cub fan. I mean, it's fine. And Cub, there's your, there's your dig, sir. <laughs> I walked right into that one, didn't I? So, anyway, thank you all for coming. Thank you all. Thanks and for thank having me. Participating. We will have you on again. All righty, sounds guys. good. Comes a time in every man's life when he needs some advice on relationships. 
you need to listen to the podcast DMDR, which stands for Dating, Marriage, Divorce, Remarriage, from my good friend, Jeremy Connor, the Dr. Phil of the Boot Hill. You can find DMDR on Spotify or whatever platform you choose to listen to your podcast. Great answers by everybody. Ooh, that was fun. fun. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Shannon. Yes, Ray. Uh, we had a third that was going to be on here who had technical difficulties, but we will get him on. He's been talking a lot of smack, and I think that was uh, he sabotaged that so he didn't have to come in and face, yeah. the, face the, the uh, Max is going back up to uh, school on Thursday, and so in a couple weeks we'll be bringing back the trivia. So I'll have um, him in here with me. If nothing else, I'll go pick him up and bring him right here into the baseball room. There you go. Well, who are you opening up today? Well, I got these Alan Ginter cards. Still. Yeah, and we might get a Rob Ringel. We might get the kid down the street. I don't know who the heck is on these uh, these cards. But Vince, I I invested in, I don't want to spend too much time on this. But first of all, I'm going to show you this card. This is a minor league card. And I'm going to see if you can tell who this player is, okay? I'm going to hold it up there. Let me get it as close to the thing as I can. Can you tell who that is? Uh, that, uh, I'm going to spill the beans. That's an 18-year-old Nolan Arenado. Wow. Yes, he was in the minor leagues. That's a Colorado uh, minor league card for the uh, – the Telsa Drillers. So there he is uh, as a member of the Telsa Drillers right there. How about that? I mean, he looks like a little kid. He's got a peach fuzz on his face and everything. And I invested in some uh, Jordan Walker. I That kid has done about everything I thought he would do. And he's hitting about where I thought. I like his strikeouts to walks and stolen bases. He was He's had a tough time defensively in the outfield, but he actually is a third baseman. But I think this winter he's going to work on that and be ready next year. But anyway, I got a I got a couple cards of his right there, Jordan Walker. That's him at Springfield right there, by the way. And uh, these are cards they put out the top hundred prospects, and he was prospect number five. So that's kind of cool with some stats on the back right there. So anyway, and then the tops card this year. That's what the Jordan Walker tops card looks like this year. So. I like that. Very All right. Good. Well, I will. I just wanted to show those off. Well, I'm going to open these up and uh, bat down the hatches because I have no clue. I usually get ripped off on these cards. There's only you can six. have Big Bird. You can have Speedy Gonzalez. You can have oh, yeah. Grover Cleveland Alexander. You can have Grover Cleveland. No telling who you're going to get. Oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, here we go. The first one, Amos Otis. Kansas City Royal. Very you, good. You were a Royal fan. I love Amos Otis. All-star? Yes. Very nice. We have, uh, let's see. Uh, O'Statton from the Yankees. There he is. Okay. Yes. Yankees have that clean. You can have a mustache, but you have to be clean shaven. Uh, oh, this guy killed it. She said, don't pitch to Alonzo. Well, don't pitch to David Ortiz either right there. <laughs> Big poppy. He killed us in the World Series. My gosh. I don't know why they pitched him. Uh, 1966 MVP, National League, one of my all-time favorite players. Roberto Clemente right there. Very cool. Love that card. Here I was born. Oh, really? Hey. Yeah. 
that's the year, I believe, that's the year of Rubber Soul. Beatles Rubber Soul came out. Hmm. And, uh, okay, I do not know this player. It looks like Joe Kelly, but it's a Chicago White Sox, Ethan Roberts. Does that ring a bell? Ethan Roberts? Huh? No, but it looks like Joe Kelly. <laughs> it does look like Joe Kelly. But he never played for the uh, Cubbies, did he? No. And I don't know why, the, you know, the miniature cards, there's some value in these. Vince, I, you know, I thought I had a good set. I thought, oh, yeah, man, I got a bunch of players. For some reason, the miniature card is bearing fruit. Look at that, bearing fruit. What the heck's going on there? I don't even know what the heck that's about. I'd get a lawyer and get my money back. I'm telling you what. Uh, that's it for these cards. I'm going to buy them individually from now on. I'm so opening up an archaic pack of Dondrus. All right. I love it. Oh, with the puzzle piece of Stan the Man. Oh, Stan the Man. I, I need to get all these puzzle pieces out and see if I got a complete puzzle yet. Yeah. I've been opening these up for, gosh, it's getting close to 10 months, so yeah. Uh former twin Mark Davidson. I have no idea. I don't know Never Mark heard. Davidson. No. Uh is that Joe uh, Kelly? <laughs> outfielder, uh DH for the Blue Jays, Rick Leach. He's also a very good football player. Where do you where do you play football at? It wasn't the Michigan Wolverine. Yeah, Michigan. Yeah. He played oh. Michigan, quarterback Michigan. I thought so. Yeah. I'll be darn. Um uh, Mariners pitcher Jerry Reed, when he was hot, he was hot. <laughs> and when he's not, he's not. That's right. He's bound down. Uh, oh. <laughs> Do we have any Jerry Reed fans out there? Uh, former Cub All Star second baseman, also played for the Phillies mm -hmm. and the A's Manny Trio. Had one oh, of the yeah. best second base arms ever. I love Manny Trio. Former Cub who, uh, had his uh, best years with the Padres and Giants, uh, Craig Lefferts. The pitcher with the most unfortunate name in baseball, Bob Walk. Bob Walk, yes. He was he's, good. He's, he's pretty his, good. His rookie year, I think he was he pitched in the playoffs or something, did very well. Was he a Philly at one time, maybe, too? Uh, yeah, I think he finished with the Phillies. I'm just trying to see if. Yeah, he didn't have an absorbent amount of walks. So <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, this guy also played for the Cubs. Uh, was an All Star for the Brave one year. Jeff Blauser. Oh yeah, I saw. I went to one game in Atlanta, and Greg Maddox was pitching, and he had a seventh inning home run to win the game against the Reds. It was like a three oh. to two game. Blauser. Frank Williams from the Reds. I don't remember a thing about him. I don't either. There's been a lot of Frank Williams. I think. Ah, current uh, color commentator for the Padres back in his playing days when he had hair, Mark Grant. No, I don't remember that. Former Cardinal and former Cub backup catcher, Steve Lake. Yeah, I remember Steve. Uh, pitcher for the Phillies, Jeff Calhoun. I remember him. This may be the first classic pack I've had without a Hall, Hall of Famer family. down to my last few cards. So yeah. maybe there'll be one in there. Uh yeah, this Hall of Famer catcher Bobby Wine. No, I do. Bobby Wine is. Bobby Wine. My sense, I got barren fruit. 
<laughs> uh, Bob James, decent pitcher for the Sox. Gino Petrali. I've seen the name before. I couldn't tell you yeah. nothing about him. Was that Texas Rangers he was on? Yes. Texas? Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know the team he played for, but that's I've it. Got one, I've got one card left. I haven't looked at it yet. All right. I'm saying a all-star. I'm saying all-star. Here we go. You are right. He did oh. make an all-star team. Hey, hey. Greg Moon Minton. Yes, I remember him. Yeah. Remember, he had some great years open. with the Giants. Uh, uh, what year was he an all-star? Uh, looks like 83 he was an all-star. So You're no Hall of way. Famers. No Hall of Famers. Not going to make a clock out of this pack. I'm not going to do anything <laughs> with it. I have I mean, David Ortiz. I had Ortiz, so that, that counts for something. This is the best card I got. Stan's oh, shoulder. There you so go. Leave there, so. I got I got Stan's miniature. I just I like I like that little Stan miniature card from Alan Ginter. That's nice. There you go. Well, JJ, I'm gonna turn on the Cub game. Last I checked the score, they were down three to two, but Happer oh. had hit a home run. But hey, it's early in the game. It's and, early. Uh, uh, like I told JJ, tomorrow my wife and I are going to run through Potosi, do a little uh, um, window uh, shopping. Thing. Uh, yeah. There's a big thrift store we try to make there once a year. So vinyl, they got a lot of vinyl records there. I believe. Yeah, I, I bought vinyl there. We've we've bought a table and chairs there. We've you know we bought a lot of stuff there. So <laughs> so we're going to visit a few other places too. Just make kind of a big loop around that part of Missouri and pick up crap. So, so send it, and if you have a guest for the contest, send it to Vince or me, or uh, or you know, send me a message, and I'll write that down, and we'll have a board next week and see who got the closest. Okay, so good luck in the contest, and we will see you next week.